From the Office of the City Auditor in Austin, Texas, this is Audit ATX, a podcast about the audits and investigations our office does to make Austin better for all residents. We're your hosts, Jasmine, Max, and Kelsey. In this episode, Max, Jasmine, and I talk with Mike Yama about a recent investigation. This investigation found that a PARD employee violated city code by acting on a conflict of interest. Welcome to Audit ATX, Mike. Thanks for being here. Well, thanks for having me. So in this case, a PARD employee acted on a conflict of interest. Take us through what happened. Yeah, sure. So this case actually centers on a former Parks and Recreation employee named Jonathan Pixler. So in August 2019, Pixler started working for the Parks and Recreation Department as a general maintenance supervisor. He was actually over Parks and Rec's horticulture team. And part of his role included making purchases for that team on a city credit card. And unsurprisingly, some of those purchases were for things like plants. And so the issue at hand here is that Pixler actually ended up making dozens of purchases at a nursery where his spouse worked. And in November 2020, which was a little over a year after he started with the city, he got married to his spouse. And at that point, based on city code, he now had a conflict of interest with this nursery because of his spouse's employment. So between November 2020 and when he left employment with the city, he essentially acted on this conflict of interest by making purchases at that nursery. Okay, that makes sense. In this case, Mike, what is a conflict of interest generally? So when we're talking about conflict of interest, essentially what we're saying is a city official or employee that has a personal connection to a project or a decision that can make it seem like they have a bias in their city work. So essentially the risk is that an employee benefits from their city job. So Some general examples of conflicts of interest come in the form of if you get a salary from a second job or fees from a previous job, things like owning real estate or stocks. If you serve on the board of directors of an entity that does business with the city or which in the last sort of bucket, which is relevant here is a spouse's substantial interest. So you can have a conflict of interest based on your spouse's work, for example, which I think we'll talk a little bit more about here. Okay. And so the the purchases in this case with the part employee were only a conflict of interest once he and his spouse were married. Is that right? Yes, that's correct. So city code says that an employee can have a conflict of interest based on the substantial interest of their spouse. So in this case, Pixler's spouse had a substantial interest in the nursery where she worked because she received a salary for working there. And so once they got married, Her substantial interest was now Pixler's substantial interest, which ultimately led to the investigation in our report. In this case, Mike, how much money was spent by the city related to this conflict of interest? So Pixler spent, you know, during his entire tenure with Parks and Recreation, he spent about $38,000 on his city credit card at this nursery. We determined that about $12,000 of that total was relevant to our conflict of interest because as I said, after he got married, that's the time period that we're looking at. So between November 2020 and when he left employment in uh, 2021, he spent about $12,000 there. And this employee's responsibilities as a manager meant he didn't need approval before making these purchases. Was there any oversight over his purchases at all? Yeah. So Pixler's purchases went through, uh, I'd say, a fairly standard approval process for city credit cards. Uh, He was able to make purchases on his city credit card without any prior approval. 
so basically he you know he could go out buy some plants and then submit all the documentation like things like receipts etc to his supervisor and at that point they would be reviewed and approved but he he was able to go out without any prior approvals so the employee supervisors mistakenly said these purchases were not a problem right what can part and the rest of the city do to make sure supervisors give the right guidance to their employees that is correct um, so I'll, I'll sort of address the first issue here Pixler's supervisor did, in fact, tell him that purchases weren't going to be a problem. When we spoke to Pixler's supervisor, he he told us that Pixler came to him and asked if this relationship was going to be an issue. And at the time, the supervisor didn't have any concerns because the nursery was already a city vendor and part of us also purchasing plants from other nurseries at the time. But as far as you know, what the city can do to make sure supervisors are giving proper guidance to their staff. And, you know, I think the main thing here is training. You know, the easiest way to avoid these types of situations is, is by giving staff the knowledge they need beforehand to deal with these unique situations. And also really ingraining in staff that if they're unsure about something, you know, in this case, the supervisor did not seek any additional guidance from either upper management at PARD, the law department, or reaching out to HR or even our office so really making sure that staff understand that if they're not sure about something that they have resources to reach out to beforehand. That's really helpful. So what about the abuse of position violation? What happened there and why does that matter for city employees and residents? So the abuse of position violation actually stemmed from the same nursery that we've been discussing. So on one occasion, Pixler had staff go to the nursery to pick up an order for the Parks and Recreation Department. But at the same time, he also had his staff pick up some things for him personally that he ordered from the nursery. And this occurred while the staff was on city time. And by, by doing that, he essentially put his staff in a, a bad situation by instructing them as their supervisor to do something for him that had nothing to do with their city employment. And as far as why this is important for city employees and and residents as well, I think as public servants, it's important for us to act with integrity in our jobs. And I think, you know, residents expect that out of us. So by using your staff to, to run your personal errands, I think you really undermine that expectation and jeopardize the trust that residents place in us to do our jobs. And ultimately, I think One of the main reasons why we publish our reports is to promote transparency for our residents when things like this do happen so that we can try to make sure they don't happen in the future. So what resources would you recommend for city employees or even residents who want to get more information about how to prevent these types of code violations? The law department actually has an ethics and compliance team who can provide guidance on questions related to things like conflicts of interest, secondary employment matters, things like that. In addition to that, city employees and residents alike can reach out to our office either via our fraud hotline or by submitting allegations to us online through our website. And uh, just to plug it here, the fraud hotline phone number is actually 512-974-2798. And our website is austintexas.gov backslash auditor. Thank you so much, Mike. I think it is really important for us to have these resources for folks to get more information and to be able to engage with our office and report fraud if if that's something that they're seeing. Thanks so much for taking the time to be with us today. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to this episode of Audit ATX. This report is available on our website at austintexas.gov slash auditor. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Austin Auditor and subscribe on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Until next time.
Bye-bye.